0: Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings Luke, Jay, Rachel, and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I uh, look at myself as just the average, everyday, run of the mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, uh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer, and I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema.
1: Welcome to season two, episode 11 of the SeaWed podcast. My name is Luke. I'm here with my brother Lee. Brilliant. How are you doing, mate?
0: Well, I just had treatment and rushed home and thought, am I going to be functioning very well when I get home? (laughs) Because at the back end of radiotherapy, you can tend to be a little bit fatigued. Vision, speech, stuff, you know, sometimes can be impacted. But I've got a coffee, so I'm safe. Yeah. That that makes sense. And as you can see, I've just started to lose the one little patch of hair.
1: Oh, yeah, lovely. Um,
0: from treatment. Lovely. So I'm going to have to go and get one of those crazy fancy haircuts tomorrow.
1: <laughs> just need to like uh, phase it, like fade it in or something, you know? Like just. I know, it,
0: but it. remember last time I got that done, yeah. and I nearly had more of a panic attack over the cost of getting a haircut like that than I did over getting treatment for my tumor. <laughs> With eighty dollars, eighty dollars a haircut,
1: eighty bucks for you haven't got any hair there to really take care of anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, was, guess spend I the time. He family. only had
0: to cut hair on one side at treatment today. They've been brilliant so far, and treatment's been good today. I got there normally; it's on time. Like they've got a hey screen that just has the time of whether you're in section one or two, mm-hmm. and if it's running on time or if it's running behind. And mine was on time, and I was like, "Yes, great." Because I had a friend. Mm-hmm taking me today because we had too many things being delivered today and other bits and pieces. So Laura had to stay home for that and I got in on time but then I ended up being late because they couldn't find my mask and they said oh so which room were you in yesterday and I said I was in room one. Today I'm in room two and they're like are you sure and I said look I I know I've got a brain chamber but I'm pretty sure (laughs) (coughs) I was in pretty sure I was in room one yesterday And they were looking for it, looking for it. They couldn't find it. And I thought, this will be my luck. They've lost my mask and they'll have to do another one. And it's going to take another day. Mm. And eventually, one of the girls came running and said, no, no, I know where it is. And they tried to keep it quiet, which was funny, but it was in the bin. So they had assumed that I'd finished my treatment, which I'll go into a little bit more, but they put it in the bin. It was in a bag and everything and the yeah. nurse was like, Okay, we'll take it and we'll go and wash it and do all this. I said, Look, I've got a three year old and a six year old. I get dirty stuff thrown up my face every single day. Just give it a quick wipe and put it on my face and get get the treatments done. She goes, Are you okay with that? And I said, Absolutely, I'm okay. Just get it out, give it a wipe, get it on and so it's been a funny a funny morning.
1: We caught up, I think it was back in it was around the eighteenth of October. So It's been a hot minute as we always do with these things, many, many weeks kind of go through. But I think at that point, our conversation was around the challenges of kind of being delivered a bit of tough news and going, okay, well, what's the next steps from here? So since we last spoke, you have kicked off, well, I've had quite a bit of stuff happen actually, I think not long after we posted Mm -hmm. that episode, I popped home for a hot minute and came and caught up with the fam, caught up with you, hang out for a few Mm -hmm. days and then we kicked off your treatment not long after that as well
0: so yeah that's started and effectively when they started my radiotherapy because you generally only get one hit at radiotherapy
1: that was my thought from the last time when you had it right because i thought they said you get that was it that was your hit for it effective
0: for the majority of people i think it is it's dependent on and this is my knowledge and someone out there can correct me if they want <laughs> but you have a certain volume of treatment that you can have in your lifetime and and then they don't want to treat you in that space anymore because it can you know you're having radiation you know into your brain so that the impact that that can cause is you know can be quite significant so a lot of it giving you a second round of treatment is dependent on how you respond how your body responds how you obviously how your brain responds and how it manages its way through that process so i guess i'm lucky that in that sense that my brain seems to recover, other than the tumour itself, actually recovers really well in in other areas. And so they offered this extra round of treatment for me. And they initially said, oh, yeah, we want to do 21 treatments. And I was like, yeah, what, however many you want. Then I had my first meeting with the head of radiology there. And he said, 18 treatments. And so we were a little bit confused initially because we were like, oh, I thought it was going to be 21, it's 18. Mm. And then I got to my 18th day and they he said, no, no, we'll go it's to 21. Like, you're going too well. What would we'll continue to 21? We're like, okay, that's what we thought it was in the first place. So, so, so yeah, I've gone through that and I've finished on Monday. So I've got my last one on Monday. Process has been really good so far. Probably the last two days I've started to feel like a little bit of just fatigue, which mm. is pretty good considering it's normally you feel that, quite early and considering it's the second round of this type of treatment that I've had, I feel like I've I've gone through it pretty well. So,
1: Is it like physically fatigued? Is it mentally fatigued? Like what is the fatigue?
0: It's no different than anybody else where you've exhausted it, where you, you might have had two or three days at work, where you've had really long days. You're constant and then you get to a point where you're like, oh, I just need to shut it down. I need to shut my head down for period of time and your body just follows in. you i guess your head gets tired and then your body just gets tired so it's that's sort of what it's been like and i had a couple of days ago i had a bit of a sleep during the day which was awesome and then yesterday i probably had i know about half an hour that's helped with my sleep at the back end of treatment because initially it's kind of hard you get a bit of a cycle with your sleep i think we spoke about this when I was waking up at 3 o'clock every morning and then find it really hard to get back to sleep. In the last sort of week, I've managed to get into a much better groove in terms of sleeping and getting you know, around six, seven hours each night. So, um,
1: yeah. um, And so how are they saying the treatment is going?
0: All I know is it's the same process, rinse and repeat. You go in, you get it done, you leave.
1: Mm.
0: The best guide that you'll get is how you feel yourself, I think, Mm. until you have your next MRI. So until they can actually have a scan and look at your brain and see how it's responded, then generally it's a bit of a guessing game and they'll base it on you, what you look like and sound like and and all of those types of things. And I don't know if I told you this last time, I think I'm not sure, but when we first went in and uh, I met with the radiologist, he came out looking for me. And then went back into his office and then rang me. And I answered the phone and said, Hi, it's Lee Whitehorn here. And he said, "Um, Oh, it's Dr. Leong here. I, you've got an appointment with me today. I'm just wondering if you're coming. And I said, Yeah, I'm actually out the front of your office waiting for you. And he goes, Oh. And then he walked back out again and Laura was sitting there and he was looking around the room, like looking for me.
1: And then <laughs> like, he, he yelled out my name. <laughs>
0: For me, it was a positive thing, Like, and you'll, yeah. it'll make sense in a second. But he eventually called out for me, and he said, Lee Whitehorn? And I got up and went, yep. And he just stared at me, and I started walking towards his office, and he was just looking at me like I was you know, some sort of weirdo. As I got to the office, he started saying to me, I came out and looked for you previously, but I, I didn't think you were the person I was treating. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, you shouldn't be looking the way you are. He said, look, I've looked at all of your scans and, and all that sort of stuff, and I wasn't expecting to see someone like you. And I said, oh, look, I've heard that before, but I don't know what anybody's meant to look like going through this process. You know, there's not a – everyone looks the same at a certain period or whatever. And he said, no, but you're, you're looking, like, really good for someone that's in this position. I said, well, cheers, thanks. And So that sort of kicked that process off, and then and it was a bit of a – I don't know, it's a nice way to start
1: that's yeah, amazing getting great. some positive good feedback. feedback
0: but it was funny for us when Laura left because Laura said I watched him twice come out looking for you and he just kept staring lot looking around and cuz he said I expected someone in a wheelchair or struggling to walk and you know significant oh, wow. impairments and so.' and I was like All right okay so and then I had my exit meeting with him yesterday and he said you're somewhat of an anomaly <laughs> He said, "I've treated a lot of people, and I haven't ever treated anybody that looks like you or sounds like you in, in this position." Yeah, he probably does it to everyone just to pump your tires up, but
1: uh, <laughs> part of his so, treatment plan. All right, yeah, just going to yeah. walk outside and yell out to someone a couple of times. Yeah. I'll pretend I this won't is, see them. <laughs>
0: this is how I make them feel great about themselves. Excellent. Uh, I, I could be, I could be number fifty on the line of people that he's seen, but in terms of how I'm looking. But he, yeah, it was funny. He was quite shocked. And at the same time, he was quite
1: happy. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really good. And so over the last, so what's it been, three weeks, four weeks that you've been doing this? You said? It'll, be,
0: it'll be four weeks by the time it's finished.
1: And so over the last four weeks, like what's, so you've obviously got the process down pat. What's it been like kind of at home dealing with it? Like how have you been feeling about the whole thing? Are you just kind of in the mode of like, this is just what's got to be done. Let's power ahead. You know, we've yeah. been here before. We'll keep doing just, it again.
0: It's just business as usual, I suppose. It's kind of, <laughs> that's how you look at it and go, people go to work. I concentrate on getting myself better and healed and and the outcome that we want. So nothing really changes in that space, I suppose. It's, you know, your initial couple of days are, oh, here we go again. Like, and this is, mm. but at the same time, I knew that getting a second chance at radiation or radiotherapy for, for this stuff is, is pretty significant and I should be taking that in a really positive manner that for whatever reason that my body and brain and so forth are in a position to um, accept that treatment and, and go through it because if I wasn't in the physical and, and mental position that I'm in, I, I wouldn't be able to go through this treatment. And if I couldn't be going through this treatment, I would say the chances of me probably not being here at this point would be, well, I was told when it happened, were pretty high. So Mm. I look at it and think whatever it's doing at the moment, it's doing something right.
1: How do you consolidate those feelings or those thoughts in terms of going, if I didn't get this chance, then the likelihood would be this instead? Like how do you grapple with that?
0: I don't think about it. it? I just think about the next step forward. I mean, I shouldn't say that because everyone has a, a backward step at some point in their thinking and and so forth. But for me, if I do, it's like a little smack on the hand of what are you doing? There's no room for going backwards and thinking about prior. It's all about mm. the now and what's happening moving forward. And I have to get my head in the right space. And I think we spoke about this last time. We had a lot of people here post the, you know, the news of what was happening with me and, and it was great to have everybody in and around and And supporting, but then at the same time, knowing that I had all this stuff coming up ahead, I needed to sort of just get my own little hub back in -hmm. terms of myself, Laura, and the kids, and get in my headspace and my rhythm. And and that way I know that I sort of I work through this process better. When you've got too much happening around you and too many things around you, it tends to if anything's gonna sort of dismantle your brain, it'll be that I've got too much happening around me, I've got too many voices, I've got too much of this. And as much as you can have great people around you that might have great things to offer, the reality is the only person that can manage through this process is yourself. So, yeah, I don't think about post, I just think about now, forward. When's the next treatment? How am I feeling today? Did I eat something today that made me feel average or did I feel good today? What did I do today? So what should I do again tomorrow? Just pay attention to the small details, I guess. And then be okay with when you do have an average day and you're feeling a bit flat and not trying to be you know, Mr. Tough and say, I don't need to sleep, give me some more work to do. Get to the point Mm. and go, you know what, I actually do need a little nap. So, yeah, that's how I sort of work through that.
1: Your brain's fatigued, right? Like with all this kind of treatment and stuff going, of course you do, you kind of need to let your body your body rest in the process. From the last time that we caught up, one of the issues that we'd had that obviously led to this was the swelling that had taken place. Now you had gone back and got another checkup of that.
0: So I had swelling and my midline shift was way out. So mm. when you look at a photo of a brain, it's straight separated between the left and the right-hand side of the brain and straight line down the middle. When you get pressure on the brain, that midline shift changes and then that impacts a whole range of different areas of your functionality, and I won't go through them all because there's, I don't know them all, but for me it would be things like vision, speech, stability, you know, all of those types of things, but my swelling had gone and my midline shifted, straightened up again, back to normal, which gives Mm -hmm. you that confidence when you're going into treatment because you know that, okay, well, the rest of it's done its job Mm. and, you know, the treatment needs to do do its job and, and it's in the best position to... To do that. So yeah. You know, you go on steroids, which is an unfortunate part of it. And when I say unfortunate, it's not a part that you enjoy because it interrupts your sleep. And it also doesn't cause you to eat more. Makes you really hungry. Like a a false hunger. (laughs) And I put on a few kilos last time, but they came off pretty quick once I finished the steroids. And at the moment I am currently batting at my high score. In terms of weight, oh, a yeah. well, well, good, good amount. Color. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had a lot of the boys, when I say the boys, my boys, my little boys, just constantly reminding me at the moment that, Dad, your belly's really big at the moment, isn't it? And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> thanks, lad.
1: <laughs> Thank you, so, happy helper. I really um, appreciate your feedback. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, the doctors love it because you put on weight and you've got weight there to support you if you go through a patch where you're not eating. Okay. I haven't experienced that yet.
1: Where I've <laughs> You're like, that's my problem. Want- and so I'm
0: like, yeah, and I'm like, I-, I need to stop eating. Yeah, so that's been interesting also. I've put the kegs on at the moment, but I know that once i finish treatment and I'll probably stay on steroids for a-, a short period of time, maybe a few weeks, then I'll oh, really? get okay. to the point where I'm off. Then. Yeah, because they just want to, part of when you get any sort of like radiotherapy is that there's a pretty reasonable risk of getting swelling some sort. Mm. And as Max calls it, the laser beams. Um, And I have a Mm. couple of really cool things to talk about in that space too, which I'm really proud of. And uh, I won't cry, but I'm incredibly proud of my young boy in that space. So yeah, once I come off it, I know that last time I put a bit of weight on, that dropped pretty quick as soon as I was off the steroids, because there's a lot of fluid retention Mm. and so forth as well. So it's, So I sort of can't wait for that, but I don't think I'm going to be at Christmas Day looking not like Santa Claus. I think I'll be more like Santa Claus. (laughs) uh, Maybe maybe you should
1: just embrace it and be dressed up as Santa Claus for the day. (laughs) Mm,
0: Yeah, We'll we'll see. Maybe Santa Claus in short, singlet or something. I don't know. um, There's been some really nice positive outcomes throughout this process. It's as you found, as mum found, as everyone in the family found, And as I found for the first time, it hits you really hard and and it becomes a real reality of, gee, this could all be done really quickly and it's a really hard thing to get your head around. It's a really hard thing to all of a sudden you're like, geez, I've got to start having conversations with my kids because in my head this thing's not beaten me for a long time so I don't have to worry about that. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I kind of have to and max is becoming more inquisitive and and so forth and asking more questions and then on one of my treatment days he said he was sick and he couldn't go to school and he never says that mm. so we made a deal with him and said all right you can stay home today but if you stay home you got to come with mum and dad and we've got a busy day and part of that is dad's got to go and get his treatment and he calls it the laser beams and he goes oh the laser beams so it and we said, yeah, and said, do you want to come? And he's like, yeah, I want to come. And so I was really nervous because I thought, I hope he finds some positive in this. Mm. I'm not ready to see my little boy come and see something like this, and it potentially, you know, break his heart or or worry him or concern him. Or I mm. thought, you know, I just I don't I don't know if I'm ready for that. But he came and the girls that treat me have been outstanding. And one of them said, do you want to come in and see dad get on the machine? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So he came in and he had a look and he watched me get up on the on the machine. And he didn't see me put the mask on because the mask is quite, uh, I don't know if you remember seeing mm. it at That's all, but it's wild. quite confronting, like it's pretty wild. And he goes, I want to watch my dad. And they said, well, you've got to come in the room then. So they took him into the actual viewing room where all the screens are up where they can see so he got to see everything how they set up and how it all goes and how it all works and he sat there for the whole thing mm-hmm. and when i came out he was like dad that was so good they're doing such a good job for you and i had to try really hard not to cry because i was so proud mm-hmm. was so proud of the fact that he took that in the way that he did that it didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't something that broke him and he went oh that's horrible that's terrible he was really you know and he said So they're just going to keep doing this and it's going to do a really good job. And I was like, that's the plan, mate. That's what that's what Dad's aiming at. So for both of us, for Laura and I, it sounds weird. It's probably one of the best nights we've had in a long time because we just came Mm -hmm. home and we went. That was a really significant moment for our little boy to see Dad do this and for him to be Mm -hmm. so strong and supportive. So Mm -hmm. it was... How's he really been
1: since? That. Like, does he feel a bit more at ease with things? Like, have you seen a shift in him after that or?
0: He asks more questions, but in a good way. He's more aware of when dad's a bit tired and, and that sort of stuff. He looks and sounds and feels a little more comfortable with it. Like, he, he understands that it's it's a serious thing and that it's a bad thing. Like, it's not, you know, this is, it's, it's not a great thing, which is, you know, that's where you want to get to. You I want him to know that, you know, he's asked me and said, so what are you going to do though? And I said, well, I'm just going to give you my very best. I'm going to give you every time I go and every single day, I'm going to give you my very best to make sure that I'm here for as long as I can. And he's said, okay, well, that's good. So it's, it's nice. Like he's, he's got a bit of an awareness now around it. And the fact that he's positive in that space, it's amazing how much that lifts you and helps you from a, a six-year-old kid.
1: How much of you wanted yeah, to avoid really... having to do that up until this point?
0: More than anything I didn't want to have it. Yeah. it who's my first kid? who's my first little my first baby my first great experience in that space of being a parent, which you know everyone finds out over time that you think you know what it's going to be like and and then you have them and and it's just so much more than you think it's going to be like so much more and they impact you so much more and they change your way of thinking so much and they give a different definition to love it's just different and so I didn't want to ever have that because I didn't want to look at my for as strong as I think that I am and that people might think that I am and I'm you know push through things and work through things and I'm rational in the way that I think and it's hard enough with Laura like in that space you know like I It'll break my heart on occasions where I just look at her and and she's you know not feeling great, and you think, oh god, oh, this is too much. Like it's it's too hard. I didn't ever want to get to that space with my kids. Mm. In saying that, when it actually happened and he came to the room and watched that happen, and then we spoke, I, I can't tell you how much that that lifted weight off me, mm. and mm. and how much it helped me but there's no right time to do that. And sometimes I didn't have the strength on that occasion, but my son did because he came to watch treatment and he didn't get scared and he was positive and he was strong. And all he wanted to do was show me love afterwards. And I thought he's just done what I couldn't do, (laughs) you know, which is quite amazing. So that's what made me proud of him that day that he initiated effectively that process and I thought, you're just an amazing little human being that I'm incredibly proud of and biased because he's my boy, but just yeah, really proud. Just really proud at that moment. So there's no right time. Yeah, there's no right time or wrong time. It's with kids depending on their age, I don't think. And you can read a million books and you can get mountains of advice on this is how you do it. But when they're your kid, that's the biggest piece of your heart it's filled with that and and you don't want to break it but sometimes you need to break it a little bit to rebuild it and the rebuilding part of it is good and that's what he did that day so yeah you know, he was outstanding
1: beautiful so and yeah. so what have you I've got two more questions for you one being what have you what have you been doing each day to create joy within your household <laughs> with the boys or with Laura or for yourself
0: <laughs> well one of the first things we did when you get really sick i hate saying sick because i don't feel sick when you get in a position like mine and you are you know have a terminal illness there's organizations everywhere that sort of pop up and go we want to help you in this space you know it might be a holiday or it might be photos or that sort of stuff we've been really lucky to get a number of opportunities to have really cool photos taken of me laura and the kids and it's been It's been outstanding. And then, you know, we've got a short little holiday up to Brisbane. And for, you know, two or three of those days, I'll get to see the rest of our family up there. And then the other days I'll get to spend some amazing time with my wife and my two kids in a place that we get a lot of joy from. And that'll be amazing. Then the other thing that happened was, and Laura will correct me at some stage, might be the Cancer Council contacted us and said would you consider us doing a puppet show at your son's school to talk about cancer and educate them because you know there's a lot of it sort of going around and and it can be one of those things where kids you know you know think it's is this like getting a cold if someone's got cancer and you touch them can you get it laura contacted the school and said would you consider you know, going through this process and having these guys come and present? Well, we didn't expect them to say yes. We just thought we should at least offer the option. And they were super keen, which was brilliant. Hmm. They didn't just come along and speak to the young kids. They did the whole school. And the school were enormously thankful for it. They got to come along and they did this puppet presentation and spoke to the kids and said, this is cancer and people get cancer and but you can't catch it by hugging someone or kissing someone that's got cancer or by touching them and it's this isn't something you catch. So you don't have to treat someone with cancer different. And just those little tiny bits of information for those kids, I would imagine mm. just sets them at ease a little bit where they can be a little more comfortable around people that have that that issue. So that was really cool. Like we were okay. quite happy and quite proud of that that we managed to get that. Well, I shouldn't say we So I didn't have anything to do that. Laura did did it, but to come to the school and to present and help all of those kids understand what it is and how it can impact them and and how how they can approach it. So, yeah.
1: What are you guys doing for those joyful moments at home? We've
0: been building, so we built Jack a new bed because he was having some sleepless nights. And I said to Laura, we need to get him a bed like a queen size because if one of us is going to have to go and spend the night with him, every second night at the moment because he's going through some night terrors or whatever And we need a decent bed so we got him a queen size and that put together and then at the same time our our current bed broke so we were like oh god and luckily you know all the sales are on so we got our cell phone which just got delivered and we'll put that together and because of that because we didn't have we had beds on the floor and we <laughs> also got our house cleaned like got steam cleaned we we're like where can we go and stay for the night so that we don't have to stay at home because we've got nowhere to, to sleep. But for whatever reason, in little old Adelaide, in Semaphore, there was nowhere to stay. Everything was booked. So oh. I said to the boys, how about we put the mattresses down in the lounge room and we have a movie night, like a family movie night. We put the beds down there and they were so excited. And we went to the local <laughs> cinema and got some tubs for popcorn so that they were, it was yep. like they were actually at the pictures. We got some choc tops got pizza for dinner and all that sort of stuff. And they were – it was like we'd just given them the best night ever, which was hilarious because <laughs> we were sleeping on the ground in the kitchen, in the lounge room, sorry. And we sat there and watched a movie for the night and shared a pizza and and then, you know, had our treats afterwards. And, and the popcorn boxes live on a week and a bit later. The boys are loving it. just reusing them. <laughs> so we've just been doing little things like, like little things like that. Like tonight again, we'll do another – they were wrapped with the movie night, so we'll do that again tonight. Just simple things, trips to the beach, you know, down to the park, that sort of gear. So nothing different. Like we haven't changed anything.
1: Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Lastly, how is Dad going? Talking of sons and their dads, how's your dad? Going? Um
0: I guess we'll know more when Dad has his MRI. He went through a, a real rough patch. Mentally he was really struggling with the fact that he wasn't stable on his feet. Which are all outcomes that are, you know, usually part of the process, and especially someone at dad's age, I guess. And then he had to go on some, some medication to help with, I guess, depression to a degree because he was really struggling in that area, and, and that worked, and he's become more positive, more engaged socially again, which has been great. His hair's starting to grow back. Now I don't know if that's a byproduct of him being happier. <laughs> that all of a sudden your hair starts growing back from treatment because dad's always had a good lock of hair. He's getting better from a a social engagement perspective and from an emotional perspective. But I guess we'll find out more about how everything's going with his tumour when he gets his next MRI, which is probably not for another month, I reckon. So it's nice to see him in more of a positive mindset.
1: Absolutely. Amazing. So next steps from here you have up until Monday and then when do they do your next scan?
0: Might be for about 2 months actually. So which 2 to 3 months which sounds funny. But mm. when you're having this much treatment on your brain the reality is there's not a lot on offer post this in terms of you know what they can do. This is pretty much it. I know they've got another clinical trial in January that they my oncologist wants me to undergo. But they have to wait and see how it all, you know, pans out. So finish this treatment, give the brain time to settle down. Any swelling that is currently there because of the treatment and the continued steroids that I have to take will sort of, you know, square that out and then then they get a really good look at okay, how has it sort of panned out and cross the fingers, toes, legs, everything that it's had an impact there and has shaved a bit of both the tumors off and Extends that opportunity to either get the tumors to change their mind about moving forward and maybe just staying in one spot for a long period of time or <laughs> disappearing, which I'm, I'm not fussed about. I'd be just happy if they just went, well, you know what, we'll sit still for a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll sort of, yeah, we've got to wait and see. So they give it a bit of time. So, which, you know what, suits me because you're part of the process of getting through this stuff is when everything is like a rush all the time like have treatment, have this, have this, have this, have a scan. It would almost be like getting a hamstring treated from injury and the day after you finish treatment expecting to know the
1: mm.
0: final result. It's still going to take you time to
1: time for settle
0: and recover. And It's the same with the brain. So I'm sort of happy to wait in that space and for whatever reason I feel really confident I'll get a positive outcome and, and get a haircut.
1: <laughs> Mate, the, the sick fade on the side, amazing. We'll it's have to right. get we'll it's get really Laura wrong. to post a photo of it onto the C Word Instagram again, just so you can you know share your new style that you've got going on. Get like a mad lightning bolt, a little cut in done. In yes, <laughs> yeah. sick, bro. I love I'm All going right. to see
0: the Foo Fighters in in a week or so. So, I might just get Foo Fighters just you know on the side of my head or something.
1: <laughs> Do it and then get your haircut done after that.
0: If I did that, I'd probably get beaten up at the concert and I wouldn't have to worry about a brain tumor anymore. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, what did he pass away from? Well, not the tumor, <laughs> he just uh, punch in. up
0: at the concert, yeah.